After months of online meetings, video conferences, Zoom, Teams, you've mastered the basics. You've got a light in front of you, you're looking into the camera, you've got a list of everyone attending, and you're calling people into the conversation. You got a decent microphone. You're inviting the least number of people to make the best decisions. You've summarized the purpose at the beginning of the meeting. The agenda is short, it's snappy, people don't drift and start checking their emails. At the end of the meeting, you're checking for understanding. You've scheduled the finish. You're asking who's doing what, by when, and how will we know. And vitally, you're not holding a video meeting when a phone call or email will do. You're doing all these things, but that online meeting fatigue persists. What now? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome. I am so glad that you're able to join us for this show. It is the final episode of season five, and we've got some great things happening as we head into season six. Um, first, I want to let you know that uh, Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, we have joined the C-Suite Radio Network, which is a fantastic network of thought leaders, bloggers, podcasters. And so C-Suite Radio has a huge number of talented, amazing, thoughtful, insightful podcasters that you might want to check out. Also, as we get into the end of Season 5, start Season 6 here, I want to ask you to share leadership without losing your soul with the leaders and managers in your life, people who you think would love to get the practical results-focused tools that you get in every episode of the show. And finally, as we wrap up season five, I want to invite you, if you're thinking about how your organization can use tools like this to help you, give us a call. You can find us on our website, letsgrowleaders.com. We'd love to hear from you and have a conversation about how we might help. All right, let's get to it. I'm excited for today's episode. This is a topic that I've spent so much time talking with people about. Zoom fatigue, Teams fatigue, online meetings wearing us out. Why is that happening and what can we do about it? Well, the first thing to realize is that that online meeting fatigue is real. And there are a couple of reasons it happens. And when you know why it's happening, you can do something about it. There are three causes of the online meeting fatigue that are things that we don't always think about. One of them is that remote energy drains. It does take energy to look into the camera and convey your support, encouragement, urgency, concern, joy, whatever it is that you're trying to get across. As human beings, we want to get that energy connected to the other person. So we're putting that energy into the camera, but we don't get it back. And our brains are built to work with the verbal and nonverbal cues that you're getting from other people. And so without those or with those at a lag and so on, you spend more energy in the form of anxiety trying to figure out what's happening. And you may not be aware of all of that. It's not like you're you know, physically feeling anxious and, uh, and having to do deep breathing to settle down. It's more that your brain is looking for that and it's not happening and it wears us out. Another thing that happens that causes the fatigue is just seeing yourself. Imagine if you were at a traditional face-to-face -face team meeting, and now imagine holding a mirror in front of your face while you're talking. You'd be hyper-aware of your facial expressions, your posture, the tilt of your head, that flyaway hair that just won't behave, and you'd be asking yourself, should I move that way? No, wait, I'm mirrored. i got to go the other way. 
Oh, dang, that looked dumb. Ah, and on and on. Well, the default see yourself setting in most of the video meeting platforms creates a new awareness for us that we haven't had. And for some of us, maybe that's not so bad. We needed the help and to see how we were coming across. But in general, that awareness of yourself consumes more energy. And it's energy you never had to spend in a face-to-face meeting. And the final reason that online meetings wear us out is that people become less human. This is tied into one of the challenging aspects of our humanity. It's easier to see people close to us as fully formed persons with their complex lives and a range of interests. But the farther away a person is, the easier it is to reduce them to a role, to a number, or even to label them as a problem. And online meetings can reinforce that tendency if we're not careful. Now, the good news is, fortunately, they can also help to humanize one another if we're intentional about how we do that. So let's talk about how to invigorate and breathe life into your online meetings. Beyond the basics, you got to do the basics that I mentioned in the intro to the show. Get all that taken care of. Those are the fundamentals. But after that, start by getting personal. One of the most effective and easiest ways that you can reinvigorate your online meetings is to show up with and invite others full humanity. You can set a different tone and create meaningful connection by starting with the people rather than the business. And this isn't just friendly banter, it's meaningful but safe self-disclosure. So for example, you could ask everyone to share an inspirational quote that's guided them through challenging times. Have every participant show an object that's meaningful to them and explain why. Maybe for a lighter tone, you could start by asking everyone to share the most humorous regret they have from the pandemic or during the pandemic. And if you have a larger team, you don't need to do all of these at once. I've been a part of great team meetings with 100, 200 people on that lasted for a day or two. And throughout the event, throughout the conference, you could ask people to share. Get three or four people at a time sharing their thoughts, their answers to these questions. And we're getting to see each other as human beings again. Next, you want to add drama. Now, we're not talking about save the drama for your mama kind of drama. We're talking about the tension that creates curiosity. So if you think about the early pandemic, if you were in the United States, you could not avoid the phenomenon that was Tiger King. And if you're not familiar with it, it was a show on Netflix that just blew up. And maybe it was the lack of new alternatives, but at its core... It was a show that had drama. Now, I wasn't a big fan of the show, but every minute of the show had you wondering, what the heck's going to happen next? So now, I'm not suggesting that you threaten your competition or you accuse a colleague of murdering their spouse. And if those references don't make sense to you, you didn't watch the show, and that's perfectly okay. But you can add drama to your meetings and make them more interesting. There are a couple ways that you can amp up your intrigue, your drama, your curiosity. Start by making interesting decisions. When you start a decision-making discussion with a clear definition of what's at stake, why the decision matters, and what their choice will accomplish. If you're not making a decision, you can use more of a classic pre-commercial television technique. So right before a TV show would go to a commercial, they'd have a teaser. When we return, will our hero save the day, or will she face crushing failure? 
So in a business meeting, that might look something like, hey, today we're discussing a new process that's going to reduce our headaches and give us a chance to catch up on. Now, assuming you've told the truth and this process really does those things, as a participant, now I'm leaning in, I'm paying attention, I'm wanting to get to the good stuff. Another fun way that you can add dramatic tension is to use online tools like the Wheel of Names. You can find that at wheelofnames.com. And you can use these tools to review content, summarize action items, check for understanding, or even choose someone to answer questions or share different things during the meeting. You don't want to overuse it, but people will almost hold their breath as you use a tool like this. So like Wheel of Names is like Wheel of Fortune. So if you imagine spinning the wheel and then there's that tension while it clicks along and instead of dollar values, every slice of the wheel has somebody's name on it. And it's very easy to set up, just cut and paste your team's names in there. And so as it's circling around, it, you know, there's that tension of, okay, am I going to be the one to answer this question? Am I going to be called on? And everybody is leaning in. Again, don't overuse it, but every once in a while to change things up and introduce some curiosity, it's a fun way to do it. And finally, you'll introduce more drama as you use the various other techniques in this episode. Your team will always be wondering, like, what's going to happen next? It's a positive anticipation, and that alleviates our fatigue and boredom. Next, let's collaborate. One of the coolest advantages of online meetings is the ability to collaborate quickly. You can discuss critical questions and then regroup to share analysis, conclusions, and solutions. And I, I got to tell you, we have been so proud of the speed with which some of the large teams we've worked with have quickly identified strategic solutions and been able to move to action when we give them the chance. So use your breakout rooms, the whiteboard tools. Maybe you use a third-party collaboration platform like Miro and your public chat room and take advantage of all the thought power on your team. So get people into their separate rooms discussing real business questions. So you're simultaneously taking advantage of all the parallel processing, all the brain power in the meeting, and then getting back together and having people share those is incredibly effective if you set it up right. The bottom line here is if you hold a meeting and you don't have participants talking with one another about critical issues, you're wasting everyone's time and missing a huge opportunity with online meetings. Next up, think outside the screen. It's only natural because you've got a camera in front of you. You zero in on the camera lens, which is great. You're making eye contact with your participants with an occasional glance at the video images on the screen. But before long, your world and the world of your teammates has shrunk down to that rectangle in front of you. One way to ease online meetings fatigue is to think outside the screen. Get people moving, stand up, dance. You have a yoga practitioner on your team? Have them lead a 60-second yoga break. Maybe do an agenda-related scavenger hunt. Okay, in 30 seconds, find an item that best illustrates the problem we're addressing or the future we want to achieve. Or communicate key messages outside the screen in ways that no one will expect. You know, you could change your virtual background to have a, a key message, and then maybe that rotates through, or you can change it throughout the meeting to emphasize different points. Maybe hide it in your physical background, you know, create a little poster, and then it's got it there, and it becomes a virtual scavenger hunt for people. And those are just a couple ideas. There are so many different ways that you can communicate off screen. 
You can build, draw, tear. Almost anything that you do in person, you can adapt for remote meetings. Finally, how can you remove those energy sinks, those energy drains? Once you've got the camera set up and you know that you framed your backdrop the way you want it, in many platforms, you don't have to keep looking at yourself. You can Google how to hide your video of yourself in Zoom and find out how to do that. But the point is, you don't have to see yourself if that drains you. And what about that energy drain of not getting people's reactions? This one takes a little bit more work, but you can do it. Depending on your platform, you can use thumbs up, claps, emojis, chat responses, visual cues. Think like people doing jazz hands or thumbs up in the camera for real-time feedback. And as you create that culture of engagement, people will naturally interact with one another's comments, with, their fe with feedback from one another and their presentations. And no, it doesn't replace the real-time nonverbal signals that, that your brain's used to, but over time, it definitely helps, and it creates a sense of engagement and culture and connection and energy that we all need. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. I hope that you'll send in your question, and we can use that in a future episode. To send in your question, you can do that one of two ways. You can email it, david.die, at letsgrowleaders.com. Or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see a big orange button. Click that, and you can record your question. Tell us who you are where you're from, share your question, and would love to use that and answer it in a future episode. Today's question is from Brenda, and she's responding to the episode a few episodes ago on how to avoid micromanaging remote employees. And in that episode, we talked about scheduling the finish, that tool of creating a specific moment in time where you're going to look each other in the eye, virtual eye, if necessary, and finish whatever was started. So you bake the accountability in up front. Brenda writes, David, I love this tool with three exclamation marks. It's so helpful for my team and it's going to help us stay more organized and get things done. Thank you for sharing this. My question is, how do I use this with my boss? I'm thinking that if I use it, it will help avoid some of the overwhelm and impossible expectations. What do you think? Well, Brenda, first, I'm so glad to hear that the tool is useful for you. Scheduling the finish is one of those things that's it's just so easy to do, but makes a tremendous difference as we actively apply it. So kudos for you. I, I sure hope that you're applying it with your team, and that will definitely make life easier. Um, with regard to using it with your boss, absolutely, 100%, yes. Uh, and with your boss, with your peers, any conversation that we're in, any time we set an intention, let's schedule the finish. Uh, we can do it with a spouse. We can do it with a significant other, with our children. It's an easy way to turn intentions into reality. And so how do you use it with your boss? Well, let's take a you know, conversation where maybe your boss is, is agreeing to do something that you need to supply some information uh, give you a report, make a phone call, whatever it might be. 
if they're agreeing to it, well then let's set a mutual date. So in conversation, what that could look like is, okay, cool, this has been a good meeting. Thanks so much. So what I, and I'm going to do a check for understanding. What I uh, understand that we are agreeing to is that you are going to call, you know, uh, head of IT, have that conversation with them. Uh, and then I'll take the next step following the, when you've had the conversation so that we can get this implemented. Do I have that right? All right. So let's talk about when we want to get these things done. Uh, let's backward map. When do you want me to have the new process implemented and be working with IT on that? When do you want that to be done? All right, well, let's say they say it's going to be in two months. Okay, 60 days. Great. All right, so let's backward map. It's going to take a month of implementation. Fantastic. It can take me a week to initiate. So can you have that phone call with the head of IT by a week from Friday? Will that work? Okay, cool. Awesome. So what I'm going to do is uh, give us a five-minute touch base on that Friday so we can see how the call went, and we'll go from there. Does that sound good? Now that's the easy version and they might say, ah, you know, no, I can't do that. But that's the whole point is it forces them to think about the reality of their schedule. Because look, your boss, you, your people, like we all have a tendency to want to make one another happy and say yes. Sometimes we shouldn't be saying yes. Sometimes we should be saying yes, but it's not going to be that day. It needs to be this day. What can we actually do? scheduling the finish, as you have accurately observed, forces us to have those discussions with ourselves and with our teams. So Brenda, thank you. By all means, use the, the uh, schedule the finish. Use it in every situation, and it's going to help create clarity, accountability, follow through, and turn all of our great intentions into results. And I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. Some of the most fun moments over the past few months have been talking with leaders about the fun and creative ways that they're running meetings and engaging their teams. And I'd love to keep that spirit of creativity, fun, and team engagement going as you finish listening to this show. You know, take a minute and send me your, your very best meeting you've been a part of. What made it awesome? Was there something the leader did? Was there something you've done that you have found to be a really effective way to overcome online meeting fatigue? Maybe it's how you're using one of the tools in this episode. Or maybe you've got your own creative fun ways of doing things that are helping. Let's share the love. You can leave a comment or you can email me. Love to hear from you. What's your best suggestion to alleviate online meeting fatigue? Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. I'll see you for season six. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.